0: We are godlings on this planet, here because we all pre-planned it, ghastly, ghostly shadows, damn it, now's our chance to superman it. Lift your voices, re-enchant it. Freedom's codes are all semantic. Though we're small and sometimes frantic, souls are whole and all gigantic. These may be our darkest hours, yet each of us has superpowers. The infinite is infinite, which means we can turn on the light. All life's a dream, and we're the dreamers. Though hate's streaming through the schemers, we're all here as world redeemers, beaming peace were love supremers. So mages, sorceresses, sages, artists of all sorts and ages, share your gifts now. Be courageous. Daring actions are contagious. A diamond mind and heart of gold our gifts, the prophecies foretold for those uniting souls on earth by honoring each being's full worth. When we let go of our againstness, we step into our immenseness. For the genesis of genius is the light we strike between us. When we share the gifts with which we're blessed to inspire higher consciousness. Then we'll gain what we've been dreaming of, the gift of everlasting love, the bliss of everlasting love, the kiss of everlasting love. In today's busy world, how can we find the
1: inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Hey, hey, welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. I'm so glad you're here because I'm sure you're interested in how you can create more power and magic in your life. I know I am, right? How about the thought of casting spells? How cool is that? Well, guess what? You have the power to do all those things, just by the words you speak or don't speak. And the power of the spoken word is something that we are learning more and more about to manifest the life we want or the life maybe we don't want. So pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth because sound and vibrations are alive. They have energy and they have power. You're going to love this show. I was so fascinated to sit down and talk to Laurel Erica. She is a brilliant, wise, wise woman. She is Actually, a revolutionary in the field of linguistic uh, expression. And she's also the creator of her own Word Magic Global program, as well as the person who stars in the global video sensation that went uh, viral on YouTube called Secret Spells of the English Language. You definitely want to check that out. Secret Spells of the English language by Laurel Erica, and that will be in the show notes. Okay. But listen, before we get into it, I need to thank a podcast review. And don't fast forward over this because let me tell you something. It means the world to me. If you're getting benefit out of the show or you want to support me and the show. And one of the ones I want to thank was Emmy Fortin, who says, I was intrigued by the discussion between Amy and Maria Wheatley about earth energies and how you can use them to your advantage. So fascinating. I also found immense value in the boundaries episode with Sari Gilman. Such great advice and ideas stated with such grounded power. Thank you, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Emmy, and I'm sure planning on it because I just love being with you. I love sharing inspiring ideas and information and education so we can all feel empowered and like we have some control over the life that we're experiencing, how to help each other through the hard times, make sense of it, and to feel emotionally connected with other people. Even if we haven't met each other physically in the flesh, I feel like we definitely have an energetic relationship and I really thank you for taking the time. I know you have a lot of options for what you do with your time and attention. So thank you for joining me today in Awakening Aphrodite. So again, Laurel Erica is my amazing guest today. Some of the fascinating things that we discuss in this episode include the power of words and how words that we use are directly correlated with what we are manifesting or not, not manifesting in our lives. What wordplay is and why it's fun and how it awakens your creativity, imagination and self-expression, three really important things, right? How, How many of us don't need to actually increase our imagination, our creativity and the way we express ourselves? Brilliant. How to cast your own magic spells. How words are actually entities with their own unique electromagnetic frequencies. The first step in empowerment, which starts with becoming aware of what is in plain sight. The big awakening that's happening right now in the world and how 5G energy is interacting with 5D energy. Laurel's take on unity consciousness. How Laurel's discovery of the law of words, or excuse me, the love of words that she discovered early in her life actually saved her from a devastating depression and psychic dark night of the soul and led her to the life that she has now. How all ancient cultures and civilizations knew the important power of words to manifest and how they chose to cast spells to create those things that they wanted hint hint abracadabra sound familiar (laughs) the importance of having high vibrational thoughts and, and high vibrational language in order to have a high vibrational life and i share one of my own recent personal experiences of how i used the power of my words to cast my spell kind of like the abracadabra thing to turn around how I was feeling to get me out of a bit of a funk. We also talk about cursing and using swear words and what's the deal with that anyway. (laughs) And finally, Laurel shares with us her number one personal mantra that she uses to help allow her to manifest what she wants in her life. I promise you, you're going to never think of words or the way people express themselves the same way again after you listen to this episode. And if you apply the things that Laurel recommends and her tactics, you better get prepared for some miracles to happen in your life, my friend. So I know you're ready for that. Bring it on. And you know what? There's only one way to find out. Try it. But try it with belief and the emotion that you expect it to happen. You can't just say the words, okay? These affirmations mean nothing without energy of emotion behind them. You really have to believe it. That's juice that gives them the magic power. So that's just a little hint, hint from yours truly. All right, let's go now and join Laurel Erica. Laurel Erica, welcome to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier.
0: Oh, I am so delighted to be here with you, Amy. Thank you very much. It is
1: truly, truly an honor. I am just so in awe of your amazing, brilliant, pioneering genius work is so important it is so inspiring it is so creative and most importantly it's so powerful and thrilled to have you on the show to share everything that you've discovered and learned and how you came about it and how people can apply it to their lives to make their lives better so Laurel thank you again for joining us.
0: Oh, an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure. Thank you, Amy.
1: Okay, let's start in with your amazing story, your amazing archetypal journey, your version of Alice in Wonderland, as you put it. And what got you into this
0: line of work of discovering the power of words? Well, the Alice in Wonderland part of it is that as a little girl of two or three, a delivery man came with a huge box for my father to set up, I believe it was a Magnavox monaural sound system and I came in to watch and he told me that when he opened the box, a bat had flown out of the box and out the window and landed in a tree in the backyard. So I ran out to uh, a small tree, We lived in a desert town, there weren't many, and I stood in front of the tree with the expectation of seeing a bat hanging from it. And in my memory, uh, the expectation was that it would be a baseball bat that was hanging from the trees. And again, as, as my memory puts it together, that was the first time that I recognized that such disparate elements could share the same name, the same sound. And I went off in pursuit of the bat. That sent me on my journey. And sometimes when I present live, I ask people how many dug a hole in their backyard, uh, aiming to reach China. And many people say that they you know, everyone had, and I asked how many people succeeded and a few jokesters. And I recognized about over 10 years ago that I actually had reached China with my pursuit, um, following the bat by what a friend of mine described as echolocution, listening to the sounds and the echoes of disparate words that have somehow come into the same vibration and positing relationships between them. And in around 2008 or 2010, I was invited to share Word Magic with a classroom of students. And I went, um, unrelated to that, to the Pacific Asia Museum in Pasadena. And the first thing I saw was the gift shop. And it had a basket of puppets and there was a bat. And I thought, well, I'd like to get that bat because that was my first pun. And um, I didn't know whether I would and I went off to the exhibition. And the only thing I remember of it was a little descriptive card in a glass case that said, according to Taoist philosophy, the bat is a symbol for happiness. Because in uh, Chinese, the word fu means bat and it also means happiness. And playing with words was my happiness in a very crazy upbringing. It was wordplay that kept me interested in staying incarnate. And oh. I got to go to China a few years later and on a tour um at an area where there were many statues of buddha the um tour guide said that this is considered that area the land of happiness because there are so many statues of buddha and in chinese happiness is fu and buddha is something like fu and so for many years, I practiced Buddhism and my little bat puppet that I I purchased at the museum, I call him Fu, the Buddha bat of happiness. And what I saw in reading that little card at the museum was here is another culture that equates words by sound rather than meaning and posits a meaning um, in the fact that they both have the same sound. And when I was 20 and I uh, proposed that homonyms, words with the same sound and different meanings homo, same, nim, name, Mm -hmm. were more uh, significantly related than synonyms, which are words that mean essentially the same thing, but sound nothing like each other. I posited the idea that homonyms were more closely related than synonyms, that the sound vibration was a more significant relationship. And this is at a time when people thought puns, which is humor based on word sounds, that puns uh, were the word, the lowest form of humor. So even though, I mean, that went on for hundreds of years, ancients knew it was significant. Um, The uh, Asians knew it was significant, but in this Western culture, It is as Humpty Dumpty was given to say in Alice in Wonderland, a word means whatever I declare it to mean, it comes down to who shall be master. And what I saw was that that is um, a bit of a joke in itself, because we are instruments of word based thought forms. We are their arms and their legs and their mouthpieces. And the words that we speak are laden with meanings we do not even hear consciously, but which impact us subliminally. So I went in pursuit of a bat and it took me into a wonderland of words. There's so many
1: things I want to comment about that. I mean, first thing that pops into my mind is that you know, the Eastern cultures were ar- around a lot longer than ours was, the Western culture. And that might be part of the reason for their knowledge of the, the power of the, the, the vibration, the sound itself. Um, and for that matter, um, all religions and all spirituality talk about the beginning was sound. The first thing that happened was the word, the sound. Sound comes before light. And it was the impetus of all creation was sound, and sound is basically what holds the universe in existence. Yeah. So the power of sound. Can you talk about that more? That for us to understand, kind of um, the the bigger picture of how the sounds we make are the beginning of really all
0: life. Let's see where to begin with that. Certainly resonance sympathetic vibration, Mm -hmm. reverberations, Mm -hmm. repercussions, we talk about being of sound mind. And as I say in one of my poems, though sound means integrity, strength, and solidity, we act as if word sounds had no such validity. Mm. So how can we say that we are of sound mind When we are deaf to the definitions in our words. So, in the beginning, there was the word, there was sound and vibration laden with consciousness. And we are, and it isn't just the Genesis myth of Western culture, but just about every culture, Um, East and West. Uh, industrial and indigenous, the power of sound and our power as speakers of a language and in, in this case of English, which is spoken by more people on the planet than any other. And so when we shoot off our mouths, when we trash talk, when we spit out words like firecrackers, we are demonstrating our ignorance of the power of vibration to impact us. And we are all vibration. We are all vibrating energy. We are surrounded by energy imbued with consciousness. And so when we go unconscious to the power of words and the power of creation that we have as we speak and write, then we sentence ourselves to live out Thought forms that degrade us and, and that inspire the beast instead of the best in us all. And scientists are now, uh, in, in Russia in particular, I, I uh, have read that uh, geneticists and linguists are working together because DNA has a grammar that is like the grammar of language. So we are speaking ourselves into existence. We are speaking our, the, our world into existence. And when you are of sound mind and you hear the resonance between words, for instance, we all, many of us heard, row, row, row your boat, row gently, and merrily for life is but a dream, and if you l- listen to the words "life's dream" and "life stream," mm. the life stream, you you can hardly hear a difference because essentially there isn't any. And in each moment, we are creating ourselves anew, and we're operating out of old thought forms and beliefs, and we're reinforcing them. Uh, often as we speak, and unwittingly as another agenda speaks through us. So if I may, I want you to share whatever that evokes in you. But I also at some point want to share what I have labeled our premier life sentence, um, which I posted in 2010 as the secret spells of the english language on youtube and when that went not viral but global uh, because i'm not affirming going viral as a great success since we now are living it literally um, i'd like to share that with your listeners because that's how so many people get introduced to my work I absolutely want you to, Laurel, because that was on my list
1: to request that you share. It is so powerful, and it went global for a reason. It's absolutely captivating. But I just want to just point out to the viewer on YouTube or the listener on the on iTunes podcast um, the science of cin- cinematics and yes. it talks about how sound waves actually create geometrical patterns because a lot of people unfortunately believe things when they see it they're still very very oriented with their visual and they have a hard time manifesting and conceptualizing the things unseen to make them manifest into the matter but if if you're one of those people just look up synatics cinematics with a c c y m a I spelled C-A-M-A-T-I-C-S. And it shows you how sound waves are literally forming shapes in physical matter just by the sound. So that'll help you become a believer in the power of your words. And I love how you uh, talk about it as words actually cast spells and words are the creative force and um, how words are tools of creation and words are electromagnetic beings and entities within themselves. And it made me think of something that I teach people with my work with holistic health and fitness and lifestyle is um, I teach people that, that food is information. Food is more than just calories or macronutrients, proteins, fats, carbohydrates, carbohydrates, or, or nutrients. It, food is instructions for your DNA and your cells to operate or not operate. So it's much bigger issue than just calories. And it made me think of your work that words are instructions. They are spellcasting for life, your body, your mind, your thoughts, your actions to create. And, and I thought that
0: was an interesting correlation. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely, and we have the phrase "food for thought." There you go. I didn't think of (laughs) that. (laughs) Well, that's why. That's why uh, the synergy of conversation. Beautiful.
1: I love it. Yeah, because it. You know, when I was researching for you, it just was so powerful to think like, wait a minute, this is these are instructions, and you actually say in some of your writings that you know, guess what you do come with an owner's manual. And I thought that was so inspiring. So if you want to talk a little bit more about what you mean by the owner's manual, and then definitely share with us,
0: please, the life sentence. Okay. So um, in 2005, I completed a master's degree in spiritual psychology. And uh, for my project, it was through the University of Santa Monica, a private university To which people uh, flew from around the world to attend the once a month weekend for the two years of the program. So uh, I did what I'd always wanted to do, which was to create a book of philosophy through wordplay. And so I wrote, we do come with instructions, and it's the ABCs of self-realization of really being able to recognize who we are and, and my subtitle because it's just in my mind pretty amusing it's an inveterate paranomasiacs nomology and i define it i leave no one out in terms of these obscure words inveterate means incurable paranomasia i mean we have so been been so dismissive of puns Um, i once my grandmother i inherited this enormous columbia dictionary of hers and Occasionally, I'm in search of one word, I would discover another, and I came across the word paranomasia in this old Columbia dictionary, and often the older, the better, uh, because they were writing for a more educated audience than today. So I, op- so I looked at paranomasia and the, uh, the de- uh, me- I hate to say definition because it sounds like deaf, And meaning, I've written a piece called The Mean Meaning of Mean, um, uh, available on my blogs, because anyway, heavy laden words. But uh, Paranomasia was defined in one word with the word a nomination. And so I had to look up a nomination and it meant a play on words. So, I, I, so, an inveterate paranomasiacs and an, an incurable punster's anthology of adages, because a gnome is not only a, so it's a gnomology of adages, of sayings. A gnome is not only a little Middle earth dweller, uh, but it's also someone who creates adages or sayings like whatever. A stitch in time saves nine. So, it began with my recognition that in the word eyes, E-Y-E-S, we have yes in our eyes. So, I realized that means we're meant to see for ourselves. And see, S-I, is another word for yes. And I, A-Y-E, is another word for yes. So we have yes in our eyes and we're meant to see for ourselves. But then I noticed that we have, just as we have yes in our eyes, we have no in our nose. And another word for nose is nay in French, and which has the same sound as N-A-Y. And and if, you know, uh, Ballots, oral ballots may be counted. Eyes and nose, <laughs> the a y e s and the uh, n a y s. So this this it's easier if you can see it. And I mean, there's auditory learners, visual learners, mm-hmm. and all of that helps. Mm-hmm. So we have yes in our eyes and no in our nose. Then I noticed we have out in our mouth. And that surprised me because the focus is on what we put in our mouth. And then I realized, oh, we have out in our mouth because what's important is expression, not consumption. And we have in in our chin, so our nose isn't stuck in the air. And our third ear is in our heart. It's H. E-A-R-T, and Uh, heart and earth are the same word. It's just where you put the letter H. So I like to joke that God created planet Earth so the word could be heard and gave us a middle ear in the center of our heart. That's called an
1: anagram, right? When you rearrange the
0: letters of a word
1: to make a new word, but they're the same exact letters.
0: Yes, anagram. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Thank you.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So that that's a, a key one. Yeah, and if you should happen to have uh, a, a an only semi-literate, a young child, or um, well ask yourself, what do you suppose um, is the relationship between Earth and Heart that they would share identical letters? What is mm-hmm. the message you get in that? that. And Uh, One little boy of seven said, well, maybe it means that the earth is the heart of the solar system. And uh, another little older child said, well, the earth is the heart of our lives. So our third ear is in our heart. When we put our ear to the earth and listen to the heart, then we become an oracle. We become a soothsayer, a wisdom speaker, because the heart is where the wisdom is. And so um, what's amazing to me is the heart has an oracle and a ventricle. And so there's the, the homonym, the pun between uh, a chamber of the heart as an oracle, uh, A-U-R-I-C-L-E, <laughs> and then an oracle, O-R-A-C-L-E, as someone who foresees the truth who, and, and the future. And when I read at some point, I, I believe I was in the bathtub reading a book on puns when I learned that the outer ear is also called an oracle. I mean, it blew me away and it confirmed it. It's like a a puzzle, all these puzzle pieces. So there's an oracle in the heart. The outer ear is an oracle, putting our ear to the earth and listening to our heart. We become an oracle. We become capable of deep thoughts. And so that is just I the beginning it. of it. This book, we do come with it. instructions almost was published by the people who did uh, the chicken soup books the first wow. ones health communications incorporated um, after a number of months they said we don't know what to do with this and i was both disappointed and relieved because many people have seen the word disease written out as dis-ease mm-hmm. and history as his story mm-hmm. but as if you've seen or know any other word that defines itself, hmm, I can't think of any. Do you, do you, you tell us? <laughs> well, I, I, there are, you know, people yeah. think that these are unusual occurrences of a word that echoes and reflects us back, but. My one of my discoveries is that it happens all the time. Does okay. My goodness, there are so many. Okay. Time. Um, and if that book had been published, this could have been a um, an amazing dictionary for advertisers.
1: Oh, I know one recreation, recreation. That there's one recreate and recreation. Okay. That was one of my favorites. Okay.
0: Oh, and beautiful.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: Be you full. Be full of you. Beautiful. So these are a couple that I found along the way um, many years ago. And and one of my many taglines for word magic is using the word for the world's recreation. And that shows the pun in um, in humor and creativity and um, and once many years ago I was I know I was walking in on Palisades Park in Santa Monica I said to my invisible friends give me a new word and they gave me the true meaning of beautiful and it is be you too full and many people think <laughs> I saw uh, a photograph on uh, the news feed on my phone of a a couple uh, standing together. I could not tell until I magnified the picture whether the woman was a blow-up doll or whether she was an actual person. And when I magnified it, I saw that this is a woman who's had surgeries to look like a, you know, a... highly sexualized uh, blow up doll because of people's great hunger to be loved and accepted. And a lack of, and, and people try to look like other people because that person's identified as beautiful, but there's nothing more beautiful than an authentic being in full bloom, in full on expression, and this is definitely the time to be you two full. So, that book, We Do Come With Instructions, is all about words that inform us of the truth of who we are, why we're here, and what is ours to do in the world.
1: Which is part of your mission, right? To help it people, is. to inspire people to remember. Who they are, why they're here, and what they're here to do, which is actually a word that you taught me in my research for you. That there's a word for that remembering, a re- recollection. It's an, anama, yeah. um, an anamnesis,
0: and amnesia, and amnesis, I believe it is. Amnesis, which
1: is like amnesia.
0: It, it's it's so funny that I'm, I'm not remembering an anam, amnesia, I believe it is, it's so funny. It's what happens with words. I have it on this document.
1: Yeah. Uh, here.
0: Remembering, recalling from
1: something from the past. It's something that you're, you know, you didn't experience in this life, but it's like you're, and I've actually read that before with spiritual masters. They say, we don't learn anything new. We're just remembering what we came here already knowing. Exactly, and that, that
0: I never knew there was actually a word for it. Which it's so much fun, and all you have to do is put out the inquiry, and um, it shows up. It's really amazing. Uh, so it's defined as the recollection of what the soul knew from a, and uh, in as it's defined a supposed past lifetime, and but now that's the that's the first definition. But now the second one is. Uh, a patient's report of their medical history. Mm. So this is an example of how words, obscure words that can expand our sense of human possibility are often um, lost to posterity mm. or downgraded to absurdity. And up. <laughs> truly, and, mm-hmm. and I think I, I shared, I have a several Terence McKenna quotes mm. where he says, mm-hmm. I can't say it often enough, the word is the world is made of words. So becoming more aware of words and allowing mm-hmm. them to inform you and invent new words. I mean, that is that's how I climbed out of the ditch that <laughs> I mm-hmm. fell into through my early experiences. And I want to share what I have called our premier life sentence that All right, here we go. So it's it's really simple. Um, it's uh, and it's on my YouTube channel. It's called taking uh, no. It's called the secret spells of the English language, mm-hmm. and. It's that we awake each morning and go off during the weekdays to earn our living at various jobs and undertakings until we come to the weekend. And everyone agrees that that's the normal way of things. Only more people die of heart failure between 6 and 10 a.m. Monday morning than any other time of the week. So I explain that what I do is a translation of the English language. I spell that T-R-A-N-C-E to emphasize that words cast spells that put us in a trance state. So when you uh, look at that life sentence, we awake each morning. You remember that awake is a funeral party for the dead. Morning is the state you're in when you attend awake. So when we say to each other good morning, we're essentially saying good grief on an unconscious level. We would have to be staggering around in a days like zombies to earn the living since urns are vases for the ashes of the dead. We call our jobs undertakings. Entrepreneur means undertaker as we race to meet deadlines. <laughs> and um, wow. job it, itself is a Hebrew word for persecuted. Job. And what we get at the end of this perverse bargain with life is progressively weakened. So I share my perspective on how this happened on my 2010 YouTube video. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to know who did this to us. And I truly do believe that the vision of reality promulgated by the church as an instrument of mind control uh, influenced how the language came about uh, because they were the dominant cultural influence when all these streams of linguistic-based consciousness were merging into this uh, melting pot of english but i also think it happens just electromagnetically Um, so in any case what's important as I see it, is not who imposed this system on us, but what we can now do about it. And so I came to the recognition that language is software, that English is the leading software of the Western mind, that it's filled with cultural biases on the level of symbol and sound, and that uh, that uh, infiltrate our thinking that form the, the lens on which through which we see the world and that we can upgrade it to support our essential evolution from humankind to human kindness. For what I see in that convergence of earth and heart is that life is not about getting ahead of everybody else in the human race, but getting a heart full of love, compassion and grace for everyone else. And that humankind is, this is the time for us to take the evolutionary leap from humankind to human kindness. For unless there is a global warming of the heart to match the global warming of the earth, we'll never make it out together.
1: Well, I'm really glad you brought all this up because that was one of my major questions because, as you know, my show Awakening Aphrodite is about a lot of things about the lives that we're living, mind, body, and spirit, but also about harmonizing the masculine and feminine in us. And I wanted to ask you, a linguistic expert, what your thoughts are in that the period of time where humans started referring to our being... As uh, our humanity in the masculine, as in mankind and men, like you know, as in you know, in in the general sense, referring to all genders, as opposed to we never say womankind, you know what I mean? It's only mankind or men. So, what do you think the implications are have been of that? Um, Not only collectively in our collective unconscious, but also in the everyday of little girls growing up and just how people are treating the different genders that we don't really think of it as as humankind as much as
0: mankind and, uh, you know, again, referring to men, the masculine. Well, that that has certainly, we've been moving beyond that mm-hmm. and much more of a cooperative or at least the intention of the male and the female. But yes, uh, 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 as we were speaking before you started recording, I was trying to remember the name of the goddess who was said to have emerged from, I don't know whether it was the foam that's aphrodite my friend uranus is that it that's aphrodite yeah yes so i mean it's it's so absurd men seeking to usurp the power of creation of women i personally believe that the right to life even the usurpation of that phrase like this group you know, believes in the right to life, even though they don't support the life of the unborn child, the life of the gestating mother, or the life of both of them afterwards. It's more like the means of production of humanity, women, must be controlled. So this has to do with the patriarchy uh, taking over from what was originally a matriarchy, matriarchal culture, Uh, the recognition always of who the mother was, but not who the father was. And at the time, I was writing a poem that I will release uh, soon about the letter S. It's called Esoterica by Laurel Erica. And the subtitle is The Definitive Exegesis on the Letter S in Verse. And it's a bit of a joke because an exegesis is usually an in-depth exploration of a biblical uh, passage. Mine is just of a single letter of the alphabet um, that some cultures tried to eliminate from their writing because they saw in it a reflection of the serpent and of Satan. So... At the time I was friends, uh, I, I was uh, writing that or finished it, I was friends with Dr. Leonard Schlein, who at the time was writing what became his second of fourth four bestsellers called The Alphabet Versus the Goddess. And I think his, I've heard that. Yeah, Leonard Schlein, Dr. Yeah, Leonard Schlain. I've
1: heard of that. Mm-hmm.
0: So I got to read it in manuscript yeah. form. And, oh, um, yeah. And so his thesis, as I recall it, and can uh, briefly sum it up, Mm. is that it wasn't necessarily that the patriarchal herds came and overcame matriarchal cultures, though that happened as well, but that the alphabet itself, that when a culture became literate, when it had a written form uh, of communication, that everything went shifted from right brain, uh, feminine visual orientation to left brain, masculine linear. And then the, um, the what came with literacy was a denigration of images and females. And so whatever brought us to the point where men were considered superior and women were considered possessions and even the role of the masculine in procreation was considered more important than the feminine i mean it's just collective insanity which goes on today as we know Mm -hmm. so once i was walking on the beach writing about such subjects and a word a, a synonym for healing came to me, and it is repair. It is to repair Mm. the division. We are all masculine and feminine. We need the right brain, intuitive, uh, creative, along with the left brain. And to have one as better than or um, predominant whatever. It's just more part of the craziness that we are all in the process of healing through uh, accepting and unifying the yang and the yin inside ourselves so that we may be whole beings and draw upon all our capacities and resources to, to move forward in the world in ways that are healing and uplifting. And the denigration of women is visible in the rape of the earth, in controlling the means of production, not only of humanity, but everything else, and the egoic drive to to be greater than whatever the infinite intelligence is that created everything that is.
1: Or, you know and having that self-serving uh, controlling mindset too of just not not thinking of the, the, the impact of the collective and more well you know what you're getting out of it you know rather than how we're all affecting each other and how you know mother earth is giving, giving giving and where are we giving back? Yes. Um, you know, how that we're, we're part of the, the, the ecosystem, the bigger picture, and we can't just continually keep raping and pillaging and expect it to go on forever, which is part of what we're dealing with now. And that some, some scientists estimate that we've got another 10, 20 years left, that the Earth, um, we're, we're on the verge of the next extinction, not only of the human race, but the whole planet at the rate we're going, we're just going to have no resources left. And the planet can't sustain because Mother Earth is exhibiting her immune system, all the crazy weather patterns and the hurricanes and the tornadoes and the tsunamis and the the weird, you know, temperatures and floods and all this stuff. That's Mother Nature, basically her immune system detoxing, trying to clean herself out so it's kind of you know exciting but still scary we're on the brink of it. it's a major wake up call and you referred to it in some of your writings as a huge catalyst moment of you know the 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 rainbow uh, or you know pot of gold at the end of the rainbow here is this is an opportunity for us to wake up and take some action and change course before it's really too late without, you know, the risk of sounding doom and gloom. But the good news is, is we can course
0: correct before it is too late. Um, who who knows? I mean, who knows what, what's going to happen? The earth will survive. <laughs> she will replenish herself. Um, but we will be a failed experiment in mm-hmm. the dustbin of um, biological, geological history. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: well, I, I want to add too before we move on to the point that you said something very important. I just want to take a moment with a highlighter and highlight that that, uh, in the history of humanity, whenever the authoritarian rule takes control, they always take control of the form of reproduction of women. And some say it's happening again in 2021 with the MNRA vaccines, if you wanna call them vaccines, they're really inoculations, they're not vaccines with the official definition of a vaccine but how it's affecting reproduction and a lot of the um, effects that people are having with uh, adverse reactions to these inoculations that here we go again, is that the the author- authoritarian rule, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about the great reset um, and your thoughts on, on, on the control of our words and the narrative. And then we can get into the first amendment and the, cause this all has to do with the power of, of, of the way that we use our words. You, you One of your quotes is, whoever controls the language, the images controls the world by Allen Ginsberg. And another one by Philip K. Dick says, the basic tool for the manipulation of reality is the manipulation of words. If you control the meaning of words, you control the people who must use those words. I mean, they have recently redefine the definition of herd immunity, you know, the definition of a virus, the definition of vaccine. These are all things that have been completely, the narrative has been completely controlled and rewritten with the propaganda of what people are now believing and now manifesting. So can you talk a little bit about your take on all that? I know I just throw a lot at you, but.
0: (laughs) Okay. So uh, last year, I guess last springtime, I, I, Uh, wrote a a rap rant and um, I I didn't share it for obvious reasons, but I can just share uh, the beginning of it. Um, I use a quote from Dr. Brené Brown that says, um, she said, uh, dehumanization starts with language and is at the beginning of every genocide in history. So that's my opening quote, and that did pop into my head. Um, So the the little intro to this piece I wrote is, herd immunity, what an absurd word, an absolute profanity, to apply that derogatory terminology to the divine entity known collectively as humanity. And when we pick up that germy terminology and apply it to ourselves repetitiously, we reinforce the notion that we really are all expendable animals. And it goes on from there. So... How how let me see let me share what came to me today that I was writing about Yes and
1: as you're pulling out your journal I will share with people as you find your spot there that right before we hit recording you and I were just you know saying hello and you shared with us that you journal every day and you journal about what you're grateful for and the reason why. And and you know, I think it would be really helpful because um, again, just your work is just so inspiring and incredible. The things that you tap into and the the connections you make and the imagination of your mind to connect words and thoughts and pronunciations of nuances and meanings. And if you could just share with us a little bit of your process while you're getting your journal out, that journaling is a part of your process to
0: elicit that part of yourself, right? Thank you. Yes. And at some point I want to talk about, because I want to talk about a little bit about my history. Because right. I'm sure I sound very intelligent and erudite, which some people find intimidating. Um, And I I want to (laughs) explain that it's like uh, the poet Charles Bukowski, an alcoholic, depressive uh, 20th century poet who said, most people are born geniuses and buried idiots. We come in with genius. And as small children, so many uh, put on superhero capes, pick up fairy wands, tiaras. We know innately we are larger than this life, and that no. And we come in just like these enormous sequoias that can last thousands of years and escape everything, but uh, every predator, uh, but human-based climate change and and axes. But they start with a pinhead-sized seed in which the whole DNA of that towering giant, that connects heaven with Earth, that filters the air, that is a home for all sorts of species, etc, a pinhead sized seed. And sometimes I have looked at little tiny weed flowers or tiny little um, sea snails that are so intricately designed. and I think if the infinite intelligence that created that lavage, lavishes so much attention on something so small and what we would call negligible, unimportant. Mm-hmm. Imagine what is within each one of us. Mm-hmm. However, most of us growing up feel uh, are so denigrated, yes. so... Uh, squeezed into boxes yes. to only get approval if you look like and sound like and do like everyone else. So there's the word identity, which sounds uh, unassailably unique, our precious identity, yet is almost identical to the word identical. And her. Wow. Yes.
1: I never I thought heard- of it
0: yeah well you know everything is there in the open you just have to be of sound mind and hear it and that brings up for me uh, a friend uh visited with his little four-year-old child and i was listening to the child playing with his video game Mm -hmm. and the voice in the game was constantly giving signals commands whatever And it was saying over and over, nothing going on over here, let's look elsewhere. Nothing going on over here, let's look elsewhere. So implanting in the rich soil of a child's unconscious mind to ignore the obvious. And Sherlock Holmes said, the world is filled with the obvious which nobody happens to notice. Yes. And if you look at the word obvious and oblivious, and oblivious is you don't see it, you overlook what's right under your nose, the difference between the obvious and the and being oblivious to it is a lie, a lie. Those are the only things that separate it. So brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. So I feel like there is this huge awakening going on in the world that people talk about 5D consciousness, an infusion of higher frequency energies that I will address in a moment by sharing what I wrote in my gratitude journal today, um, or what what came to my awareness that I inscribed in the journal. So there's this impulse toward, there, there's this awakening through 5D energies being countered by 5g oh electromagnetic yes. energies there's the recognition of of unity consciousness that we are meant to be one super organism of awakened self actualized beings each sharing the gift of who we are um, and of what we're fascinated with. I grew up feeling retarded, backward, stupid, ugly, and evil. Why? Uh, the, the, the reflections I got from two narcissistic, psychotic, mind-fucking parents. Okay. So your environment and, was telling you that? Basically, there making were, you there feel were no mirrors. Wow. And I'd get A's on papers without study or reading hmm. anything, um, because I just I was connected. An amnesis. what my soul knew from previous lifetimes—would just come out on the paper, and I'd get an A. And my father would say, "Well, you've pulled the wool over another grown-up's eyes, you've deceived another adult," and so Aww. I thought I was. A stupid, deceitful person in my early 30s, till I had my first, you know, kind of mentor, not until then, a therapist with the given name of Merlin. And he said to me, Laurel, one of the hardest things to do is to convince people you're smart if you're not. And I thought, really? I mean, it was such a revelation. And then. That's true. Well, I didn't know that. I just. Yeah, I never it. thought
1: of it, though. It's, that's true. And so, and you were. So, there you go. You're smart.
0: Because <laughs> you it couldn't took fool them. years to get that. Wow. It took me years and years and years to accept that wow. I was intelligent. But the truth is, we are all born geniuses a genius for something. In some regard, yep. Mm -hmm. I had an innate genius for words. And Mm. how I know that uh, when I was three or four, I said to my parents, I bet I now know all the words in the English language. And my mother who opposed me from the start, with everything, because of her insecurity and competitiveness, she said, "I bet you don't." And spoke a word I'd never heard before. And I said, "Well, what language was that?" So <laughs> um,
1: you were years three. Later,
0: back to i mean i i'm going all over the place amy i i hope that's no okay. we're following you we're,
1: we're right with you so what what you're getting at is that you were mentioning in the beginning is that you know you sound super intelligent and affluent and all that but your beginnings were very, not only humble but um oppressive and damaging so you overcame psychological like oppression really and to to blossom into your calling and your gifts and who you are now so that inspires hope Hope in the rest of us. Like, even if you had a good upbringing, (laughs) you know, so
0: you can overcome adversity is the takeaway here. Thank you so much. And and there are some seeds that only blossom after two cycles of frost and thaw. There are are some seeds that only blossom after a fire. And, Mm -hmm. gosh, I'm sorry. Well, I was out walking two days ago. And, and, in, and in the dirt, in this canyon, I found like this multifaceted, it looks like a multifaceted diamond. It's about this big. And what that reminded me of, I, I realized today, I need to I put it in my jewelry box, but it's so significant uh, for two reasons. One is, I think I already shared the recognition that... Um, At at one of the super stressful times in my life, which was most of my life, I had decades of psychic agony because of what I experienced. I was always miserable and depressed. I did not want to be embodied. I did not want to be on this planet. But I loved words. And I also had a child. I never married, but I have a son. And so, for those reasons, I stayed incarnate. And one of the messages I got inside myself, and forgive me if I'm repeating myself, was that under this intense degree of pressure, one becomes either a diamond or dust. Yes. And I thought, okay, I choose diamond. And Good on a another occasion i heard in myself the fire that stole the tree now lights the diamond i it, love it oh i'm getting and, goosebumps and it thank you i it's, love it. it it's diamond is compressed vegetative matter i felt like my psyche my life it was like went through a forest fire and now that light lights me up. So I, I at finding that little jewel, um, that, uh, probably from a kid's whatever, but finding that, that was a gift to tell me this is the time for the diamond of our being to facet like no matter what you've been through and and I had a mm-hmm. um, one therapist who introduced me to a group therapy session and said Laura went through an unprecedented mind fuck with no <laughs> anchor point and I realized that well that's what set me up to look for the mind fuck in the language and that's what I've discovered not only the mind fuck but the wisdom words like be you too full and the Mm -hmm. earth heart correlation and, and if there's so much we can learn from words so what I wrote today in this gratitude journey journal because it's so easy to miss the blessings that come by like blossoms on a breeze and we don't notice but when I recollect them. I am metabolizing them. I am reminding myself of the grace that is occurring in every moment. And so what I wrote today was, I believe we can be like a kid in the candy store and simply aspire and intend to embody the high frequency sweetness of divine qualities of being that previously spiritual adepts had to labor long to acquire. The instant enlightened endowments that only a few were so blessed to experience, like Eckhart Tolle, like uh, Byron Katie, can now be acquired by all who aspire to embody and express their ex- own exquisite aspects and reflections of divinity contagiously. And the word acquire has a choir in it. And maybe that's ah. why many people are wanting to acquire more and more and more. It's that's interesting. I never thought of that, Laurel. That's amazing. Choir, a choir, like singing. Yep. It's it's all over. The language is constantly amazing. echoing and us back. It's scintillating, and it is programming us. And talking to us and teaching us. All the time. And becoming uh-huh. of sound mind. Hearing the echoes and sound words. mind. have no relationship to each other, but do. Sound uh, mind. Then shows us what words you know, allows us to be informed by language, to hear what the language is saying to us and through us. And uh, my my word magic anthem, uh, also on YouTube, posted also in 2010, is called Taking Command of the English Language. And I hope people will listen to it because it's about what we can do when we create a a linguistic revoltage in which we elevate the amperage on the English language.
1: I love it. Oh, my gosh, there's just so many points of that. Oh, that was just so beautiful. And I'll share with people that uh, the most popular uh, word magic I think that people think of uh, as far as like, uh, you know, casting a speller is uh, the word abracadabra, which means what I speak, I create, which is Aramaic in, in origin, right? And that's been used in all ancient civilizations, that they knew the power of manifestation in the words that they chose. And one of your quotes that you provided me uh, was, high thoughts must have high language. So to have high thoughts, we consciously and intentionally create or use create the words, use the language to create what we want. So we it has starts with being mindful of the words you use. And I want to share one of my personal examples. Just the other day, um, I'm actually going through this little detox thing right now. I'm taking a, a product. Um, I don't want to mention it right now because I'm not 100% sure it's a, it's working for me, but um, just to help me detox heavy metals and just something that I've been needing to do. I have never really officially done a detox, but needless to say, uh, I was having a die-off reaction, which is very common which is not fun. I mean, I've been in the health field for over 30 years. I know all about the die-off reactions and the flu-like symptoms and the tired, the fatigue, the, the skin eruptions, I mean, the headaches, all the things that can happen when your body's detoxifying something toxic. But let me tell you, I experienced it myself and I was feeling horrible and I'm not used to feeling, I'm used to feeling amazing most of the time because that's my job. And what I'm getting at is uh, it made me think of you because you have taught me so much because I found myself walking around that day going, oh, my God, I feel horrible. Oh, my God, what's wrong with me? Oh, my God, I'm so sick. Oh, my God, I'm so tired. I'm on so, oh, I'm this, I'm, you know, just like blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I remembered abracadabra, like what I speak, I create. Now, it might be true. I was not feeling well but I don't have to affirm it and call it into being even more so by actually verbalizing it and just kind of fixating on it and really just putting in an underline under it. So this is a practical application for people of taking control, being aware of the words I'm using to create what I'm creating. And let me tell you something. I caught it. I stopped it. And I said, no, you got to you gotta you gotta affirm or incanotate what it is that you want. Okay, might be true. I'm not feeling great right now, but, I'm gonna have something healthy to eat. I'm gonna drink water so I start feeling better. I'm gonna go get some sunshine and put my feet on the ground, take some deep breaths, cause that'll make me feel better. I So I started talking to myself like that. And let me tell you, I wasn't perfect by the end of the day, but I could function, I could work, I could just, I wasn't completely down this negative toilet bowl, flushed down the toilet following that train of thought. So this is just a practical application I want to share with you and our audience of how I applied what we're talking about today and the power of your words to manifest. So you have to be mindful because you're creating something, maybe whether you like it or not.
0: Yeah, excellent.
1: And what a good catch. (laughs) I know, good thing I did. Let me tell you, I was out for the count. On that note, uh, you said something, uh, I forget what the term you just said, but... uh, uh, it was the, the F-U-C-K word. Let's talk about swear words. And uh, I'd love to get your talk on that, particularly me as a fitness instructor and in a lot of my dance classes, you can't use a lot of the hip hop popular music without complete entourage of like, you know, B-I-T-C-H and booty time and this and that and twerking. And, you know, I mean, the, 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 the F words dropped all everywhere. What's your take? on the use of uh, swear words and, you know, their power, their
0: meaning and all that? Well, when we trash talk, it means we have trash in our mouth. And if you think about, if people have seen the uh, messages from water, yes. Masaru Emoto, even just uh, a word taped on uh, a bottle of water in whatever language it was. Ugly words created ugly crystals um, when they froze the water and then looked at it under a microscope. Beautiful words created beautiful crystals. And in, in the book, Messages from Water, he shows two jars of rice. And um, in one jar of cooked rice I think the children doing the experiment were saying beautiful things to it. In the other jar of cooked rice, ugly things. Mm -hmm. The jar with the ugly messages rotted. (laughs) The ones with the positive messages um, was aromatic. So we are composed of water. Water is the mater. If you look at the W and the M, it's the mater of um all life we are born in water we are composed of water the planet is water our verbalizations carry energy the content of them uh, imp- uh impacts what uh, ourselves as speakers of the word and other people why share ugliness and as I share, and, and be impacted by it, be affected by it. Um, I mentioned to you, I heard this very enlightened woman talk about, you know, this ecstatic state and she said it was effing joyful. And I thought, is that really the extent of our creativity that we can think of no more um, powerful Adjective, then fucking, for mm-hmm. goodness sakes, and then there's also. But it's true. Unfortunately, that's kind of where most people
1: are at. They don't have very
0: big vocabulary. Well, or or openness to, you know, letting now new words download. Mm. New well, videos. people don't
1: read anymore too. So,
0: <laughs> well, other and, than social media. <laughs> well, this is true, and and some so like an oral culture again and a whole lot of my word magic is done orally uh, mm. both um, um in prose which means a regular sentence and Mm-mm. and verse mm-hmm. so you can get it that way um the, the language needs retuning like an out-of-tune piano mm. um, creating flat notes and and it's constantly manipulated as you were sharing definitions are being changed to change minds. So Mm -hmm. my thought is be creative and speak beauty because that's what you give to yourself as Mm. well as to other people and everyone is capable of that regardless of how educated you are uh, at the moment i mean i would like to be a whole lot more educated than i am um and one of the things i affirm is that everything i need to know comes to me
1: Mm. louise hayes said
0: that Mm -hmm. Well, mm-hmm. and I, I spent uh, time with this lovely woman, Ann Selby, of you, mm-hmm. angel, you. com, Y-O-U, Angel Y-O-U. And, mm-hmm. and she would have me, you know, remind me to affirm that as I well. <coughs> I declare divine order. Everything works out more mm-hmm. than I plan. Mm-hmm. And use it, I use it as a mantra when I'm not really believing it's true. And, um, mm-hmm, and when mm-hmm. I already know it's true, it just takes one or two. And, boy, it gives us, uh, it gives me, it's like weatherproofing and sh- myself and creating mm-hmm. shock absorbers. Last mm-hmm. Tuesday, a week ago, I suddenly had double vision. So I was at UC, I still do at the moment, I was at UCLA MR, um, ER all day a week ago, 12 hours, last Mm. Friday, had an MRI with the thought, do I have brain cancer? Is there a tumor? What's going on? I was in such a state of equanimity, annoyance with the time it took to be seen, etc. So who knows, nothing but the MRI. I'm fine and I'm healthy. I knew if I wasn't, I would just I've listened to enough of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work mm. and testimonials of people who have applied it. Um, the work, uh, people who've received what he called the the uh, voodoo curse of doctors saying you only have a month to live. Yeah, self
1: fulfilling prophecy.
0: Yeah, all of that can be transformed with our consciousness and our connection to higher frequency energies. And swear words are not very high in frequency, uh-huh. except in the frequency with which they're used. And they really show ignorance uh-huh. and um, of the power of the word and of uh-huh. our own capacity to, to be creative with words. And one of the words I enjoy sharing with people, I've never met anyone who knows it, Many know the word omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. All-knowing, all-powerful, and present everywhere. Uh they are descriptions we have for the infinite creative force that brought us through. Nobody I've met offhand knows what omnificent means, and that's the one word that applies to us as well. And it means possessing full creative power. It sounds like magnificent to me. It is a magnificent word. And hmm. we are magnificent. Hmm. Truly we are. But we forget that. And yes, um, we do. And and omnificent people say, well I'm not creative. And I point out that we already know as a species we have full destructive power. So the opposite has to be true. Uh, In the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word was God, and we are supposed to be created in the image and likeness, and Christ is said to have said greater things than these shall ye do. Well, Mm. is there a better time than now to discover our omnificence and our magnificence and to see how we can be creative in our use of language, in our evolution of language, in my anthem taking command of the English language, I give the example of Uh, that phrase uh, what is it commit random acts of kindness acts Mm. of senseless beauty Mm. I looked it up and what I read was that it was I think a woman wrote it down on a napkin in a coffee shop in in northern California and it traveled the world it changed behavior everywhere it continues to affect people
1: it's so true and and that whole uh, thing that was out a few years ago about giving giving away hugs, people would just hold posters up saying free hugs. This, of course, was before the whole pandemic, but, um, you know, free hugs and it started going global that everybody was just giving hugs. And, you know, there's an association was like seven hugs a day keeps the flu away yeah. uh, by like almost 40%, you know, that we need that human connection, but something, so simple can just be so powerful, which I love. And that takes us back to your work on how just simple substitutions for certain words, and it all starts with the awareness. And love that quote you gave from Sherlock Holmes about the world is full of the obvious. What was the rest of it? Which nobody happens to notice. Brilliant. I mean, you know, my mentor, Paul Check talked to me that years ago that one of his first, instructions for me was notice what's around you. Just start being aware of what's right in front of you. You know, so much we're just what I call creative distraction and we're living in our heads and we're not. And I love your your morning gratitude practice of your journal is you are mindfully writing down things you're grateful for, so they really come into your being, your essence, to be aware of them, to appreciate because that's what we're going to perpetuate more of is the law of attraction, right? We start bringing into our field, which is only going to attract more of the same like attracts like. Yes. So all these things we're talking about are very powerful tools to manifest, very practical ways to manifest right now. Today, you don't need any money. You don't really need an education. You just need to listen to what we're saying and start applying it. And then you know what? See if it works for you. See if you just start feeling better. In the beginning is feeling better. You know, like I said, how I changed around, how I the, what I was telling myself about how I was physically feeling. I just had to start. Focusing on the next better thought, something that would make me feel just a little bit better, that was got a little momentum to me. Okay, now I'm not feeling so horrible. I'm just feeling kind of bad. Now I'm feeling "Mm, not too bad. Now I'm feeling not great. Not my best day, but I'm, you know, it's just slowly building the momentum towards what I wanted. And then eventually I was fine rather than just down that rabbit hole of, you know, doom and gloom. So powerful, so empowering. I love it, Laurel.
0: I, I completely agree, and and it goes along with, um, as you say, it is done on us to us as we believe and speak yes. a thing, and it becomes so. So yes. being very creative with language and seeing setting intentions of where we want to go, and uh, Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge, mm-hmm. and I look at the word. Imagine, and it's almost perfectly, I'm a genie. Yes, or
1: magician, which is power. Magi, M-A-G-E is the origin of magic, which is power, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah, imagination, power. I like love that, love that.
0: Yeah. So, um, at some point, um, I know we, we've been...
1: Yes, we're gonna, I, I was going to ask you, uh, this has just been fantastic. We do definitely need to wrap it up. Obviously, we could talk forever. But um, just in closing, are there any uh, final thoughts you would like to share with people?
0: Well, I, I'd like to share um, Speaking Beauty, which is an anthem it. for our era that okay. I wrote at the end of uh, 2018 okay so it goes this way we are godlings on this planet here because we all pre-planned it ghastly ghostly shadows damn it now's our chance to superman it lift your voices re-enchant it freedom's codes are all semantic Though we're small and sometimes frantic, souls are whole and all gigantic. These may be our darkest hours, yet each of us has superpowers. The infinite is infinite, which means we can turn on the light. All life's a dream and we're the dreamers. Though hates streaming through the schemers, we're all here as world redeemers, beaming peace, we're love supremers. So mages, sorceresses, sages, artists of all sorts and ages, share your gifts now, be courageous. Daring actions are contagious. A diamond mind and heart of gold are gifts, the prophecies foretold for those uniting souls on earth by honoring each being's full worth. When we let go of our againstness we step into our immenseness for the genesis of genius is the light we strike between us when we share the gifts with which we're blessed to inspire higher consciousness then we'll gain what we've been dreaming of the gift of everlasting love the bliss of everlasting love, the kiss of everlasting love. Thank you.
1: Laura, Erica, thank you so much for being on Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fornier. Tell people how they can find you, your work, your offerings.
0: Thank you so much. So my website, dot. Lots of blogs, lots of podcasts. If you subscribe, um, and I assure you, you will not be barraged by email. Um, if you subscribe, you will receive my free ebook called The Book of E, a book of alphabet alchemy. You'll also be notified when Esoterica by Laurel Erica, which will be a pay per view animation, so I can recover the costs of creating it, and then fund the next animation, which will be about the letter I. So you'll get informed of that. I um, facilitate creative writing circles uh, every month for session Circles, very inexpensive, also includes a one on one complimentary conversation with me. Ever so often, I uh, share word magic classes. Um, I'm about to produce a, a book for children, the one available now. I have Horsing Around, a picture, uh, a coffee table book, the words in common between marriage and horses. I have only half a dozen left, so they're 100 each. Um, About the more affordable book is um, Word Magic, Word Play That Puts a New Spin on the World, which is um, an anthology, a small anthology of my verse and CD to illuminate the perspective that I share. I have so much more I'm seeking to um, bring out, to complete and bring out in the world. If you feel like supporting this work so that I can liberate my time to concentrate on it please go to patreon.com slash word global. So that's it from me for now. And thank you so much. I'd say that's
1: more than enough, my friend. Thank you so much. That will all be in the show notes for those who are not able to write all that down. but Do definitely check her out so you can learn how to create consciously the world, the life, the feelings that you want and cast your own magical spells. Yes. See you next time, everybody. Thank you all so much. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfornier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier. And I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes, and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfornier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see
0: you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.